Well, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17, we're going to read down through chapter 3. Hear now God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for you, for your sake, before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. May God bless his holy word to us this morning. Well, to many people today, church is an outdated and unnecessary institution. Some have abandoned the church altogether, choosing an individualized so-called Christianity apart from the local church. Some claim that they can worship God just as well out fishing or playing golf as they can in the worship service of the local church. Well, personally, I'm more likely to lose my religion when I play golf. I don't see how anybody could worship playing golf. I'm not very good. But the people who hold these unbiblical views uh, are completely missing the importance that Jesus puts on the church. And this is the institution, the church, the institution that Jesus created for which he died and for which he has promised to build. And if we're followers of Jesus, we were meant to be intimately involved in the church. Now the passage before us this morning highlights some reasons the church is of vital importance. And I've given you an outline there of, of the reasons that I'm going to be highlighting this morning. But just to put things into context of, of what we're reading here... The Apostle Paul and his companions had to leave Thessalonica in a, in a hurry after preaching there for only a short time, a matter of weeks, maybe months, a couple of months at most. And he obviously had good results from his preaching because he made the opponents of Christianity really angry. They were angry that all these people were turning to Jesus Christ. And this meant that the small church that was left there after Paul and his companions slipped out of town in the night, 
They had to contend, this small church had to contend with these opponents on a daily basis. It would have been difficult. It would have been discouraging for them. Some were accusing Paul of leaving them in the lurch with no intention of ever coming back to Thessalonica. They would say things like, Oh, Paul doesn't care about you. He was just another of these philosophers and speakers who travel from town to town trying to gain a, a following until they move to the next town. And that was certainly true of many people in the first century. They didn't have TVs or cell phones or, or movie theaters or any of these things. The, a lot of the entertainment revolved around public speaking. People would go and hear orators speaking. The philosophies of the ages. New things. Newfangled ideas. And maybe they're just saying that Paul, this was, he's got another, another, another newfangled idea that's coming down. It's not worth dying for. So Paul uh, is very concerned about this. He's concerned about the Thessalonians. He's had to move on for, to Berea, to, to Athens, and then on to Corinth. So Paul, as it says here, sends Timothy to find out about these Thessalonians because he wasn't able to be there very long. And so when Timothy comes back and he reports about the state of the Thessalonian church, he immediately responds via the letter before us. And he wants to reassure the Thessalonians of his love and concern for them. That shines through in the passage that we just read. He he's really, really wants them to, to understand that he's... he's he cares for them. He wants to see them. So he's writing this, and, and uh, he communicates his love and concern. So what we're studying today highlights for us a timely lesson for our day. And the lesson is this. The church is vitally important. It was important to the Apostle Paul. It was important to the Thessalonians, and it should be important to us as well. Now, our context, of course, is a bit different from the first century, uh, a little different than the Thessalonian church, but the points are no less true. What the Thessalonians desperately needed was to be in regular contact with people who could establish and exhort them in their new faith, just as it says there. They needed the ministry of God. They needed the ministry uh, of Paul and his companions that God had ordained them to, and they needed to hear the word of God. You see, they didn't have the benefit of a completed New Testament as we do. It was still in the process of being written, of course. Paul, uh, Paul wrote half the New Testament. They needed contact with Paul, the writer of, of a large portion of the New Testament, and his companions who proclaimed the truth about Jesus Christ. And there wasn't a large network of pastors like we have today, or churches or other resources like we have today. They needed people like Paul, Timothy, Silas, and others to exhort and establish them in their faith and supply what is lacking in their faith. Now I contend that the same thing is true today. Everyone needs establishing and exhorting in the faith. Everyone needs to have supplied to them what is lacking in their faith. Yes, we, we all have Bibles. We've got many resources, many Christian books. We've got the internet. We can hear all kinds of preachers from all over the world. And you can do that on your own. But I contend that the number one place you go to get established and exhorted in your faith is to the local church. Church is the institution that Christ established on earth. 
for the gathering and perfecting of the saints. Our Westminster Confession of Faith that we hold to has a wonderful chapter on the church. And uh, in that chapter 25, paragraph 3, it says this, and I'll read you the modernized version. Uh, it says, this, To this universal, visible church, Christ has given the ministry, oracles, and ordinances of God for the gathering and perfecting of the saints in this life to the end of the age. For this purpose, he makes these means effectual by his own presence and spirit according to his promise. So in other words, the church has been established by Christ, given by Christ, for the gathering of the saints, for their building up in their faith. And, and Christ is given and promised to be with the activities of the church. Things like the, the, or, the ministry and the ordinances of God. The word being preached, the sacraments that we celebrate. These things are means of grace, we call them. So the church is important, and that's what we want to highlight here today. Now, from the passage before us, there are at least five reasons why the church is of vital importance to you if you are a Christian. First, the church is important because of the enemy. Look how Paul begins this section, chapter 2, verse 17. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Paul says that he was torn away from the Thessalonians. The word there is literally orphaned, bereaved. Because of the enemies of Christianity, Paul was separated from the Thessalonians at a very vulnerable time for them. They were very, very young Christians, mere babes in the faith. And it's as if they're, they're being orphaned from the parent. They, they've been separated from Paul and his companions who brought the gospel to them. So you see Paul's love and concern shining for them as he, he senses, like a father, to, and he's already used this language in the previous chapter, like a father, you know, he exhorted them, like a nursing mother, he cared for them. He feels deeply for these folks, and the separation, the separation is uh, made that uh, difficult for their faith. Paul states that his heart was with him, and he endeavored again and again to be physically present with them. But it says there that Satan hindered him. And that word hindered is used to describe the military practice of the day where trenches would be cut in roads so that they would become impassable. And what was going on here is that Satan was putting up roadblocks to the faith of the Thessalonians. He did not want them to be in a position to have their faith established and exhorted. What was lacking in their faith, Satan sought to prevent them from getting it. And so he kept Paul away from them. Now the same is true of us. Satan loves to hinder you from church. In traditional warfare, the enemy will seek to cut off your supplies of uh, your supply lines of, for food and ammunition. If you don't have the food or the ammunition, you can't really fight the battle. And the same is true in the Christian life. Satan wants to keep you from being fed and armed for the fight of faith by keeping you from church. 
Now, in the case of the Thessalonians, it's a little different. He hindered Paul from getting to the Thessalonians. In your case, what does he do? He's very active, particularly active on Sunday morning. You know, he tempts you to stay in the bed. Would it be nice just to pull the covers over your head and stay there for a few more hours? He tempts you with other Sunday activities. You know, there's always a festival or jubilee, especially where we live. There's something going on. Even now, there's a marathon going on. How many sporting events go on on Sundays to keep us from church? And we have a living example right before us, out the front door. He will also suggest to you that, oh, it's no big deal if you take a week or two off from church. You won't be missed. And see, these are just a few of the ways that he seeks to cut you off from your spiritual provision. He's also active on Saturday night. You go out, you can stay up late, you know, have a, have a party, and then fall asleep in church the next day. Too tired to even listen. Too tired to really participate with your heart. When I was a young believer, someone told me something that I used and found most helpful. They said, when you're tempted to stay home from church, just remind yourself that there is a blessing at church that you will not be receiving. So always go to church and fetch your blessing. And I found that uh, when I was armed with that mindset, that when I was tempted to, to not participate at whatever church activity was going on, I reminded myself that there's a blessing there that I'm missing. If I don't go, I can't get the blessing. And when I would go, when I would follow through with that mindset, I was never disappointed. I was always able to point to a blessing I received from being with the Lord and his people. I want to encourage you with that as well today. Now to further make the point, Paul continues the same thought in chapter 3, verse 5. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. See, Satan wanted the Thessalonians to abandon the faith altogether, and Satan would love for you to regress and abandon the faith altogether. Getting you to stay home from church is the very best way he can accomplish this. 1 Peter 5.8 reminds us to be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour Church is important because there's an enemy trying to devour you and destroy your faith. He wants to create roadblocks between you and the church, between you and the means of grace. He wants to rob you of your spiritual growth. And the second reason the church is important goes along the same lines. The church is important because of troubles. Look at chapter 3, verse 2. We sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass and just as you know. Three times he uses the word affliction in the, in the whole text before us. And that word literally means to press or to squash to him in. It means pressure. The word affliction literally means pressure. The world, the flesh, and the devil are always pushing against the Christian, putting pressure on the Christian through difficulties in life. and opens up the Christian to trouble, distress, hard circumstances, suffering, persecution, and tribulation. 
That word affliction can be translated in all those ways. Now think about it. Before the Thessalonians became Christians, their lives were, were probably much easier. It was much easier because that was the dominant culture of the day, paganism. They didn't have the, the trouble that they experienced after turning from those idols to the living and true God. Becoming a Christian uh, opened them up to all kinds of trouble. It meant that they were destined to suffer afflictions and they were indeed going through difficult times, as Paul wrote. And it's no different today for us. Being a Christian is not easy. The Bible tells us in numerous places that we should not be surprised when we suffer for following Christ. John 15, 20, for example. Jesus said, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Why is the church important here? Look again at verse 2. We sent Timothy We sent Timothy to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. You need the church because you're going to experience trouble in life, afflictions. And you will be tempted, as it says here in verse 3, to be moved by those afflictions. And the word moved here is the word that you would use for, for a dog's tail wagging. You know, a dog's tail wags back and forth. And what Paul's saying here, difficulties in the Christian life will make your faith waver. It will make your faith waver. If you're not continuously being established and exhorted in the faith. Church is a refuge from and encouragement in the midst of the troubles of the Christian life. This brings us to the third reason the church is important. It's a place where your, your faith is strengthened and established. Faith or trust in the Lord is an organic thing. It's a living thing. It has to be fed and it needs to grow. If neglected, it can become weak and die. Now Paul mentions here three actions on behalf of faith that the Thessalonians needed. They needed to be first established, second exhorted, and thirdly supplied in their faith. Verse 2 tells us that Timothy went to establish and exhort them in their faith in the face of the troubles they were experiencing from the world and from Satan. First, Timothy was sent to establish their faith. They already had faith, so what Timothy was seeking to do was to strengthen their faith, to make it more fixed or firm. That's what that word means. Giving them the foundation that's you know, really set in and firm upon it. Instead of wavering like that dog's tail going back and forth very unsteady, they needed their faith to be firmed and fixed upon Jesus Christ. And so do you. Our faith must be fixed on the foundation of Christ without slipping off. Church is the place to be reminded of Jesus Christ, to be pointed to Jesus Christ, to be told who he is and, and what he's done. We do this in remembrance of him. We hear the word preached to remember him and who he is and what he's done for us. If the church, this church, or any other church stops preaching Jesus Christ, then you shouldn't waste your time going here or, any, or to those other places. You should always go to a church that's proclaiming Jesus Christ because he's what it's all about. 
So Timothy was seeking to establish them more firmly upon Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And so Timothy, second of all, exhorted them. Uh, the Greek word is parakaleo. It comes from the word para, parallel, it's where we get the word parallel from para, and kaleo, which is the word call. So uh, it's kind of a, a word picture, if you will, to come alongside someone and to summon them or to talk to them, to, to call them to yourself. I think of a coach. You know, I've been enjoying watching basketball since my football team wasn't very good this year, so I was fired up for basketball season, and my basketball team's pretty good. And our coach is really good, and he often is coming alongside the players, calling them over to himself, and he's exhorting them. He's, he's telling them what to do. He's, he's uh, getting on to them when they, when they make a dumb play, or he's uh, encouraging them and pointing them in the right direction. And that's what Timothy went to do, to come alongside them and to, to speak to them face-to-face. -face. Or I also think of a teacher. You know, a teacher sometimes pulls a student to the side, to encourage, to exhort, to comfort, to give personal instruction to. That's what Timothy was, was coming to them to do. And we need that same sort of thing going on in our lives as well. Church is a place where you should be exhorted in your faith. A place where Christian friends come alongside you and exhort, encourage, comfort, and console you. Sometimes rebuke you even when you need it. If you're just coming to church and you're on the very fringes and not really involved or only attending sporadically, that makes it impossible for this to happen. One of the main purposes of coming to church. If you're not here, no one can come alongside you. No one will know what's going on in your life. So we need to be exhorted in the faith and churches where that happens amongst the community of believers that are there. And the third action that Paul mentions in verse 10 is to supply what is lacking in your faith. Of course, we need to be equipped to face the troubles of life and the enemies of our faith. Church is important because that's where one is equipped for the Christian life. I've given you on your uh, outline, Ephesians 4, uh, uses the very same word here. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints, equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro, like the dog's tail, by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, that's the exhortation coming alongside, encouraging one another. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. It's all about him, the head. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we need to be encouraged. Uh, we need to be established. We need to be exhorted. And we need to have uh, equipment. We, have, we need to be equipped in our faith in church is where that's happened. Jesus gave us all those offices of people to help for the work of ministry so that the body might work together. So you, you can't be isolated from the body. You can't worship God on the golf course or, or in the boat or anywhere else except amongst the, the body of, of believers. That's where growth happens. 
Now the final two points, brief points, tell us the church is important because of the dynamics that happen within the church. Two points are this. The church is important because of encouragement and the church is important because of love. When you continue walking in the faith in the midst of difficulties, it's an encouragement to others. You think about these Thessalonians and the difficulties they faced. Paul knew that they were facing difficulties. He was concerned that, they, that his labor had been in vain, that he preached the gospel, they had, they had uh, heard it, they had responded appropriately to it by faith in Jesus Christ. They had turned from those idols that they used to follow and, and Paul had to leave suddenly and he didn't know what was going to happen to them. They're so, so difficult, uh, their, their opponents were so difficult and determined. Would they abandon the faith? Would all that he suffered there be in vain? Look at verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. You see, when Paul found out how the Thessalonians were were in the face of difficulty, continuing with the Lord, that just lifted his spirits and encouraged him as he was in the midst of suffering and the difficulties of his life. You see, when people see you walking through the difficulties of life by faith, trusting in the Lord, well, that encourages them in their faith. They see you walking in the faith. They see the difficulties that you're having and you're standing strong it helps them to stand strong. And if you're not here and you're not walking in faith, then that can't happen. Not only can you not see them enduring, you can't be an example to them. See, when you're not here, that's a discouragement to others. You think it doesn't matter? But they can't see. You're not maintaining the faith if you're not here. And that's a discouragement to those who are here, who want to see you excelling in the faith and growing in the faith. We need one another. You look at that quote on the front of the bulletin. It's so true. We were meant to walk side by side, an interdependent body of weak people. God is pleased to grow and change us through the help of people who have been recreated in Christ and empowered by the Spirit. That is how life in the church works. It's so important that we encourage one another. And this, this church is a place where we as fellow members encourage one another in the faith by participating, by walking in the faith, by remaining faithful, and by sharing that with one another. And that brings me to the final point. Church is important because of love. Look at Paul's final prayer in verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Paul is notorious about having these long sentences that are just packed full of stuff. But what he's saying here, he's praying that their love for one another would grow. And why? Why does their love for one another need to grow? Well, he tells us. 
so that God would establish your hearts blameless in holiness before him. Love is the fulfillment of the law, Paul says in Romans. When we, uh, when we think about the Ten Commandments, the first speak about how, how can we love God? You know, don't worship other gods if you love God. Don't use his name in vain. You know, come to church on Sunday. How do we love others? Well, if you love others, you won't kill them. You won't steal from them. You won't covet. You won't lie to them, etc. You won't steal their spouse. See, church is important because it's where we practice this love for one another. As it says here, the more we love one another, our God establishes our hearts blameless in holiness before him. If we are more loving, then we will be more holy. If we want to be more holy, then we should strive to be more loving to one another. And the church is where we put this into practice. If you're on the fringe, if you're not really involved, if we're, if we're, if we're not actively loving one another, then this can't happen. This is what this, this not only exhorts us to be this kind of to, to understand the importance of the church, but exhorts us to be this kind of church. How can we love one another better? This is probably a sermon all on its own that we need to think about. But the church should be a place where we're loved, not ignored. We can't be apathetic about others in the church. Uh, church should be a place where we are loved, not condemned, not judged. And we have this, these things going on in our body here in our midst. People are apathetic about one another. Or people form judgments about others and look down upon others. Instead of loving and encouraging each other in the faith and sharing the struggle. Because everybody's struggling. Everybody here has a struggle. You know, a lot of people like to, to come to church and act like they've got it all together. And they know they don't have it all together, but they like to put on the front that they have it all together. So everybody will think they have it all together. But nobody has it all together. I promise you. I promise you everybody is struggling. We don't like to think that. We look at Facebook and everybody's life seems so happy and, and joyful. And, and they all eat good meals and, and enjoy their families. And everything's hunky-dory. It's not true. It's a lie. I know. I talk, you, know you share with me your problems. And I tell you, your problems are not uncommon. You think you're the only person struggling with what you're struggling with? You're not. There are others in your midst that are struggling with the same things. We need to create a church where, we're, where it's safe to share the struggle of life. We're all struggling. And when there's gossip, when there's judgment, that can't happen. We'll talk more about that at another time, but it gives you a little flavor and something to think about. How can we be a closer church? How can we be the kind of church that, that Jesus wants us to be? Jesus died and he rose again to create the church, and we're an expression of his over, overall invisible church that covers all time and all the world. We're part of that. Jesus has given us the church to be a part of, a family, not to be separated from, not to be bereaved of, but to be involved with and to love one another. Do we understand how important that is? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us this church. And Lord, we pray that we would be more healthy as a church, more, more uh, of a church like you would have us to be, a, a loving place, an encouraging place, a place where you are proclaimed faithfully week after week, a place where we share the struggle of, 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 of walking by faith in the midst of the troubles of life, a place where we, we resist the devil uh, together, bonded together in the fight. Lord, we pray that we would be that kind of church, and I pray, Lord, that everyone here would be committed to the church, that we would be committed to one another, especially, Lord, committed to you most of all. Be committed to being here to grow, to grow in our faith, to, to grow in our understanding of who you are and what you've done for us, and growing in our understanding of how to live that out amidst all the struggles that we face, amidst our own sinfulness and temptations that we all struggle with, Lord, we pray that we would have wisdom in these things. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.